What up, what up? Welcome back to episode three of the Pod. I don't know why I'm talking in this upbeat voice because we just had a really kind of downer of a game yesterday. But a W is a W <laughs> and we are 2-0. and o. If you ask the team, a W is a W. I think Michael Dwumfor tweeted that out himself. A W is a W. So, I mean, technically speaking, we got the W against Army yesterday. Uh, recording this on Sunday, September 8th. A little bit of an immediate reaction pod. One day after, first pod out of the <laughs> gates, Galati Pod, we give you what you want. That's right. We're dropping the emergency pod, emergency reaction pod to that <laughs> absolute almost catastrophe of a game against Army. Uh, anyway, welcome back. This is episode three of the pod, your homeboy. Samir is back after a week hiatus. We back. <laughs> Unlike Texas, obviously. <laughs> Texas is not back. No. LSU, They're back to being not back. LSU is back. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're going to jump right into the pod then. Well, let's talk about how we spent the uh, game day itself. Samir and I didn't watch together, but Samir, I know you were at uh, the homie Brian's house for for the game. Well, how'd you spend the game? Yep. So, uh, it's kind of a tradition now that we live in Chicago. One of my, uh, roommates from college, Brian, um, he usually hosts the game. So went to his place, uh, watched the whole game there, stayed for a couple hours after just chilling, kind of taking in that, that game. Cause that was a lot. The other thing was another one of her friend, Matt, shout out to Matt. He and his wife, Shosh came over with their baby, Elliot. First shout game. Shout out to Elliot. Yeah. Shout out to Elliot. First time watching the game in Brian's crib. Uh, definitely was the good luck charm because they came at halftime, and luckily we pulled that out. Because we were losing before that. Yeah, we were we losing were at losing. halftime. Uh, quickly, how I spent the game, uh, not that interesting. I spent the first half at the hospital, actually. Uh, so I didn't watch the first half, but I did watch it in preparation for this pod. I don't know why I have a Michigan football pod if I can't even watch this stupid game uh, on my own. Uh, but I did watch the, yeah, you maybe you and Peter should like usurp the pod from me. You guys have more knowledge of the game than I do at this point, I think. But anyway, went to my friend Peter's house who, who was on with the pod uh, last week. Uh, watched the second half there. Luckily, we got the W. Well, I watched multiple overtimes there as well. Right. Got the W, and, and anyway. We'll jump right into the game recap then. All right, so we're going to do this pod a little bit differently. We're modeling this segment after uh, one of our other favorite podcasts, Jalen and Jacoby. Uh, so we're gonna. this segment of the pod is called uh, Keep It Moving or Hit the Brakes. So I'm just basically going to run down every major moment of the game chronologically, and Samir is going to say... If he wants to keep it moving, if he doesn't want to talk about it, or if he wants to hit the brakes and talk about that segment. So, Samir, you ready? Yep. Ready All right. So, first chronological thing to talk about, Shea Patterson's first fumble. Obviously, there were more than one, uh, but this is the one where it was clearly on Shea. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, the um, first fumble in the game by Shea Patterson. Yeah, so I do want to hit the brakes on this one right. right out the gate. Um if you if you looked at that play, it seemed like the left tackle Ryan Hayes uh, went on the outside, and Army brought like a delayed blitz up the middle, and it, he just kind of got fooled. But it's still on Shea. This wasn't like Shea's blindside. The guy came right in Shea's face. At that point, I think Shea needs to learn to just like you know put that ball in his chest and like take the sack because man, like after last week, I'm assuming the coaches had. Fumbles a talk. be a priority <laughs> for this team. And, man, just, like, kind of right out the gate, he, like, fumbled again. Like, an interesting stat is, like, we know Shea fumbled twice, but 
Michigan turned over the ball three times, fumbling in the first half against Army. Yeah. They did it three times all of last year. Is that right? Yeah. Like, fumbled and lost the ball. Right. I think they had six total fumbles last year, which, like, we've already eclipsed that this year. It's just, like, you know, like— lesser opponents, too. Yeah. You know, we can, like— there are certain things you can chalk up to, hey, um, you know, it's a new offense we're implementing. But, like, this fumble that Shea had, like, that's not, like, a new offense implementation. That's a – you fumbled the ball. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I will immediately agree. Ryan Hayes, uh, on a lot of plays, not just including this one, he's just, he just not cut out to be Michigan's starting yeah. left tackle right now at this point. Jalen Mayfield, I thought, looked pretty good on the right yeah. side for the most and, part. But, um, yeah, that's definitely on shade. should be addressed. It should be known that uh, we have this weakness on that side of the ball, and he's got to be willing to – he's got to be prepared for those uh, situations and not hang on to the ball for too long. Right. And especially just protect the ball if you're in the, if you're in the pocket for that long. Mm-hmm. But, anyway. Yeah, that – I mean – I, I don't know what's going on with Shea. I don't know if he's injured. I mean, we can, like, you know, after we finish this, we can kind of, like, recap just, like, general thoughts. But, yeah. man, just these, like, the first play against Middle Tennessee State, this fumble, like, it's just, like, very uncharacteristic of him. And even that fumble against Middle Tennessee State, it's not like it was, like, oh, we're inflating a new offense. He was just running the open field and fumbled the ball. So, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully he can figure it out. We got a bye week. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's keep it moving. Then second uh, thing to talk about chronologically in the game is right after this fumble, Army marching down the field uh, and punching it in for obviously a rushing touchdown. Uh, Hit the brakes or keep it moving? You know, I will hit the brakes on this one also. And I know some people might dog our defense. I don't think a lot of people are. But one thing to note is our defense has given up five touchdowns this year. and, And four of them... Oh, they're giving up six touchdowns this year. Sorry. Um, All of them in regulation against the first-team defense have been after a turnover. Two against middle – the first two against Middle Tennessee State Hmm. and the first – the two Army ones in regulation. All of them come off turnovers. So I'm not – like, I'm not that worried about the defense in that case because it just seems like – the defense almost always in the giving up touchdowns is like working on a short field. Cause even that the six touchdown they gave up against army. I mean, that was an overtime touchdown that started in the 25 yard. Well, yeah. You know, this so, one wasn't really a short field. I mean, I think they started like the 40 or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So ish. it's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm, you know, it just kind of goes back to the fumbles. Like if you stop fumbling, like help you, your defense, yeah, out. help your defense out. I mean, we know the issues, like it seems like defensive tackles, most likely going to remain an issue throughout the season. We still don't have Mike Dwumfor back, who's going to be a huge advantage to the team. Um, and, like, you know, protect the ball and, like, you know, give at least give our defense chances to, like, bend but not break, you know, in that situation. For sure. I think, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to add on the specific uh, uh, drive by Army to end the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously I totally agree with you. we got to limit the turnovers, and then hopefully that will clean things up. But um, anyway, let's move on then to the third uh, one to talk about, which is uh, on the responding. So we go down 7 nothing on that drive, and then we tie it up uh, with a Charbonnet uh, rushing touchdown. Obviously, he had, he had a big game. Um, hit, hit the brakes or keep it moving? Uh, let's keep it moving. I think uh, he scored three touchdowns. We'll address it. <laughs> yeah, we'll hit the brakes on one yeah. of them. <laughs> uh, all right, then next. Okay, so after we tied up at 7 the next uh, big moment of the game 
is Josh Metellus uh, picking up a fumble by Army, running it back for a touchdown. We celebrate for like a full 25 seconds, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And, and then we find out uh, they called him down on the field, uh, which obviously we know based on the replay afterward that that was an incorrect call. So hit the brakes or keep it moving. Uh, I mean, it was a significant play, but I, I want to keep moving because, I mean, what are we going to talk about? Like, the refs, the refs messed up. There's, there's nothing to talk about. Okay, right? I yeah. like it. <laughs> Clearly, it's a mess up. What more yeah. are we gonna add to yeah. this? Not, nothing really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because the next play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So then the next uh, thing to talk about then is the is the second uh, Shea fumble, right. which is the one. Uh, if you're trying to remember. The one where Christian Turner moves over to block the guy coming off the left side and clearly misses the block and Shea fumbles it and we get another turnover there. So hit the brakes or keep it moving. I'm going to uh, pause on this one. I'm going to okay. hit the brakes. Uh, and I want to hit the brakes because we knew True Wilson was out, right? Right. Um, Zach Charbonnet has been playing really well. I think he had 33 carries in this game. He's playing a lot for a freshman. Like, obviously, Turner messed up. But then... If you look at Turner's carries, he only had three in the game. And I don't know if he got injured or not, but, like, I want to hit the brakes because it's like, you know, we're seeing this more in the NFL. We're seeing in college where you don't have that one workhorse back. You have, like, two backs, you know, sometimes even three um, to kind of, like, you know, keep your running backs fresh. So I hope – Which Michigan usually does. Right. And I I think – I mean, you know, no offense to True Wilson. I just think he's not that – he's really good in pass protection. I'm – Fine with him keeping me out there, but in terms of like actually running the ball or catching at the backfield, just Zach Charbonnet and Christian Turner are just gonna be better. Yeah. For so sure. I just really hope Harbaugh is not like punishing Turner for you know completely blowing that car- block and you know forcing that firm fumble. I don't know if he's injured. Like I think on his third run, he took like a pretty big hit to the head. I didn't like they didn't mention it him like going to the medical yeah, tent or yeah. something like that during the game. But I hope he's okay because I really like. I know running back was like the biggest issue Michigan had on offense heading into the season. And it seems like Zach Charbonnet's answered the call. And yeah. hopefully, you know, Christian Turner is the guy that can like provide that second, you know, second of the one-two punch. Yeah. I mean, if you've been listening to this pod since uh, day one, which I know you have, uh, clearly you and I both were big fans of Christian Turner heading into the season. And right. I'm still a fan of Christian Turner. I think I he's too. a, I think he's a solid runner. But uh, in terms of limiting his carries, obviously, I agree with you. I'm not sure if there was an injury limitation here. But uh, I will say, though, as much of a fan, though, as I am of Christian Turner and as much as I am a fan of uh, giving people the ball, giving more people the ball if they uh, demand it, if they're that kind of talent that they should have the ball, I've been just blown away by Zach Charbonnet. So I'm I'm good. If if we want to make... Him just the workhorse back like a Mike Hart, like Michigan used to do back in the day. Then by all means, give him the ball. Like I mean, he's been by far our best runner, and right. he's been showing he's been showing uh, good spots in pass, pass protection, protection too. Yeah, so like if he's crazy. the best guy doing all these things, then like what are we actually really adding by putting Christian Turner there, except to give uh, Charbonnet rest, which is obviously a value in yeah, itself. But exactly. maybe maybe thirty three to. <laughs> Yeah. Eight carries is more of a appropriate ratio than like thirty-three to, to twenty. Three. Like, well, it was we, thirty-two to three. Well, yeah, but game. like, I don't. I'm not saying it should be the sixty-forty split. Then maybe like an eighty-twenty or eighty-five-fifty yeah. is reasonable. No, I agree. Uh, anyway, and well, sprinkling a little True Wilson, like you know, one or two carries and keep like, him happy. Get, get him in for pass protection. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving then to the next important spot. 
Uh, you already mentioned we had a lot of fumbles this game, and the next fumble is by fullback Ben Vance Marin uh, rushing the ball. So hit the brakes or keep it moving. Um, I do want to hit the brakes on this. And, I do too. And just kind of, I'm just like, He's a freshman. He's a true freshman, obviously. He's brought in to be a fullback. They moved Ben. He's Mace. not a true freshman. Ben he was, on the, he was on He was on the field last year. Oh, really? He was a retro freshman. Though. Okay, so he's a retro freshman. Yeah. My bad. So he's a retro freshman coming in. You had Ben Mason, who was a really, really good fullback last year. It just, like, blows my – and I know you had defensive tackle depth issues, but it blows my mind where you take one of the best fullbacks in the nation, make him a – defensive tackle <laughs> clearly he's not ready for it at this point <laughs> and now you have Vance Herman last game he got stuffed I don't I can't remember if he fumbled last game I don't think he did but now he's fumbled it's like I it just doesn't make sense to me that like I don't think Ben Mason would have fumbled and I don't think he would have got stuffed last game like again you know we came out with two W's but I, there are situations where you're going to need your fullback, and you know maybe Gaddis doesn't want to use a fullback, but like Harbaugh's kind of like, hey, you know, in these short yard situations. We've we, already recruited them. Yeah, we already <laughs> have them, used them. And I don't know. It just seems like maybe they should have used kept Ben Mason on the offensive side of the ball because clearly I don't think he's making that big of an impact <laughs> on the defensive side. So I, I'm glad you hit the brakes, and I 100% agree with you on – both those reasons limited contribution on the D line. And so there was an interesting video of, uh, urban Meyer actually breaking down, uh, Michigan's film after the MTSU I, game. I didn't watch it, but I saw that making the rounds on Twitter. Yeah. And it was, so, I mean, have your thoughts on urban Meyer. Sure. But I thought this was a really interesting video and he was praising a lot of the specifically the formations and route packages that, uh, Gaddis was bringing to Michigan but one thing he said in particular, which I 100% agree with, is that every offseason Ohio State, uh, he would have their offensive defensive coaching staff tell them, tell him which are the 11 best players on that side of the ball, regardless of position. Who are the 11 best players? And even if they weren't a super tight end, tight end mm -hmm. offense heavy uh, system, if they're, they had two or three really good tight ends as their best uh, players, they were doing what they could to get those guys in the field because okay. football is about winning with your best 11. Right. And with regard to the fullback, by putting Ben Mason in a spot on the D line where he's not really excelling and where we knew he could really excel and probably he might be as one of our top 11 on the offensive side. Why are we not having him in there on the offensive side of the ball, especially now with the two play examples that you just gave right. about Vance Marin? So, and, yeah, I 100% agree. And he did not fumble in the Middle Tennessee State game. So this was his first Yeah, game. yeah. He got stuffed in yes. the Middle Tennessee game, though. Uh, all right. Yeah, so we agree there. So let's keep it moving then. Uh, so the next thing to talk about is uh, Army's next rushing touchdown. Uh, before the half, so this puts them up so fourteen to seven. The only thing I want to I want to like slide one in there. Yeah, go so for it. So we did have, I believe at this point we're around seven seven. Yeah. Our first touchdown was because of that fake punt. That oh yeah, had. that's right. Yeah. And I want to hit the brakes on this one because, um, it it's just crazy that we were down seven nothing and we needed a fake punt to like get us back in the game. And, I mean, it was kind of cool to see Michael Barrett throw a pass to Daxon Hill. That was dope as hell. Uh, but, ah, man, like, against Army. I totally agree. I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't actually care 
about saving, quote unquote, saving those plays for uh, better opponents later on in the year. Because, I mean, you deploy, you practice those plays, uh, and then based on an opponent's formation on if they are or do not have a guy covered, exploiting it. Mm-hmm. And if they saw the ability to exploit it, sure, exploit it. Right. So I don't really have uh, too much of a gripe about it, but um, yeah, that was a dope play, but it is funny <laughs> yeah. that we had to use it against Army. Um, anyway, then the next thing to talk about is Army's next, of course, rushing touchdown uh, to go up 14-7. to seven. This is in the second quarter still. Hit the brakes or keep it moving. Uh, let's let's keep them moving. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. They ran, ran the ball again. Right, sure. exactly. Uh, okay, then right before the half, one thing to talk about, uh, Quinn Nordine lines up for a 55-yard field goal right before the half ends, uh, misses it. Uh, so we're, we're down 14-7 to still at the half. Hit the brakes or keep it moving. I want to hit the brakes on this. I do too. And I want to just hit the brakes on Quinn Nordine in general. I do too. (laughs) I mean, I think Moody is good enough to do the job. I well, are you talking about overall or long kicks? I'm talking about like overall, just like even long kicks. Yeah, I'm just Moody. Like the thing is, obviously, there was a 55 yard yarder. I think that was probably a situation where I was like, "Hey, just go out there. If you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't." But even in those situations, I expect him like he was like way off, and even in those situations, I really, really expect him to be closer. Yeah, and it just like wasn't. Yeah, especially because we have a lot of experience last year as well with Nordine uh, missing kicks. It's not like anything new that right. he missed a kick. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously I agree with you, Jake Moody and he, and Jake Moody has showed a leg as well. Right. So I mean, fifty five might be right on the edge of where Jake Moody can hit a kick. But clearly he's more accurate, and yeah, maybe you want to put Jake Moody out there. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, and I think it, it'll go like one of the things that Harbaugh, like when we, I don't know if you listen to like WTK and Sam Webb, but one thing he talks about is like the Harbaugh, Michigan Homer himself. <laughs> one of the things that he always talks about is like Harbaugh's very honest with his players about like, hey, these are the players in the too deep, and you know that gives players who are like maybe like third string, four, even fourth string, say, hey, like, I'm way out of the two deep. Maybe it's my <laughs> chance to, like, you know, transfer. Yeah. And, like, Harbaugh's not shy about that. He's, like, transparent about that. You know, with kickers, I mean, if you're in the two deep, you're – and I think Moody is younger than Nordine. Maybe give Nordine that chance to, like, you know, hit the reset button, like, go somewhere else because I just don't – like, he had one good game against Michigan in that Florida game, and then since then, like – like, what has he done? Nordine you know? has had quite a nosedive of, of a career yeah. ever since Harbaugh had that 12.01 a.m. sleepover at his yeah. house during, <laughs> like, 30 years ago. <laughs> I remember that, fir- like, that first game against Florida two years ago, I want to say it was. You know, like, I think he hit, like, a couple 50 yards. We're like, wow, Quinn like Nordine. with 10 yards extra Yeah, or we're like, Quinn Nordine might be the best kicker in Michigan history, <laughs> like, after one game. And, yeah. man, cool. He has fallen. <laughs> he has fallen. For Unfortunately. Sure. Unfortunately, but, for sure. But yeah. Moody's doing good. So, yeah. I mean, we don't have too much to complain about a kicker. Uh, okay. So, we'll move it on then onto the second half uh, and start it off in the third quarter. So, hit the brakes or keep it moving on Lavert Hill's uh, interception. This is actually a pretty key interception. We're down 14 to 7, right. and we're in, they're in our red zone. Yeah. And Lavert Hill. Picked it off at the five. Yeah, and uh, and took it back like fifteen or twenty so yards. Uh, so hit the brakes or keep it moving. I want to hit the brakes on this one. Okay, and specifically just for Lavert Hill being a senior, he did have a fumble 
in the Middle Tennessee State game. He had a clear pick six dropped in the Middle Tennessee State game as well. <laughs> so it's just nice to see him, you know, get his hands on a ball and like move down the field because like he is our number one corner. We're going to be going up against tougher receivers down the road, especially like you know, think of Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, obviously Ohio State, and so it's like yeah, nice. A nice confidence booster for him. For sure. I got nothing else to add on that. Good play for him. Uh, happy for him. Shout yeah. out to our seniors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so then let's keep it moving then. We tie up the game with a Zach Charbonnet, number two uh, rushing touchdown on the day in our second to- touchdown overall, tied up at 14. Hit the brakes or keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. I think we'll talk about Charbonnet when he – a little later on. Sounds good. That? All right, then Army stalls. They punt. Uh and Ronnie Bell has a punt return, and we've been talking about it already. Ball security has been an issue. Ronnie, ba- Ronnie Bell fumbles the ball, and luckily we recover. But uh, anyway, hit the brakes or keep it moving. I want to hit the brakes on this one, and I kind of want to have a, a little bit of a discussion about this. Okay. Um, a little bit about Ronnie Bell specifically. Um, he, I don't think he should be punt return. I mean, obviously, I think when DPJ comes back – uh, DPJ is going to handle those duties, but I wonder. Duties. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if, uh, like, I think they're going to make DPJ just easy into like the wide receiver role, and then maybe give him kickoffs. But man, Bronny Bell had that fumble. He also had an earlier in the game where he let a punt roll like down to the five. Um, it just like obviously we started with Levert. Levert had that fumble. Right. Um, Seems like we're putting in options yeah. that aren't working. And I I would like to see someone like maybe Giles Jackson or like Mike St. Ristol back there. I don't know if that's possible, but like Giles Jackson's doing really well on kickoffs. He is. And really well. They're not. Two weeks in like, a row. He, Giles had a, I think he had a, a end around or a sweep or something like that early in the game. Didn't really go for much. But, you know, if we're talking about the speed and space and using these, like, slot receivers or these slot bugs to, like, kind of do stuff, I think it'd be cool to, like, kind of involve them in the punt return and the kick return game. So, I mean, I I think when DPJ comes back and is, like, fully healthy, he'll secure that role. But until then, maybe get someone better than Ronnie Bell, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it was just two, like, one fumble and one one that he that just let roll, which I was like, ah, man, you probably should have caught that. Right. I mean, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully this – we don't really have to talk about this again. Hopefully DPJ just comes back next game against Wisconsin and just maybe takes that roll back and uh, and sticks with it because we knew he could do it well last year. Um, yeah, but, yeah, other than that, I agree with you. I mean, we have two freshmen, Dax Hill and Giles Jackson, who we know have straight-line speeds around 4-3. And those are typically guys you want to put in right. kick returner and punt returner. Clearly, Giles, we've already put him at kick returner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it makes sense to put them, give them a shot. But, I mean, I don't know. We're not, we obviously are making these opinions without seeing how it's going in practice. But, right. yeah, it makes sense to me. But hopefully, DPJ just comes back next game mm-hmm. and we, we don't have to talk about it again. Okay. So, then after that, uh, we're going to move it on into the fourth quarter then. Mm-hmm. We're tied at 14. I want to, so next two big moments in the game are Michigan going for it on fourth down two times at the end of the game, at the end of the fourth quarter, I should say, and we don't get it either time. Uh, Samir, hit the brakes or keep it moving. I want to hit the brakes on this one. We got to, yeah. Um, I, I think I saw one, of, there was like a tweet about, you know, analytics say 
fourth and sh- really short around that around that area of the field, you wanna you wanna actually go for it. Actually, that's an analytics say. But like, I don't know. You're you're tied with Army at this point. You you're the first one. I'm I'm fine with the second one. You're going for it, but the first one, um, you are in field goal range for Moody at this point. Yeah. Um, your defense has actually been really really well. Playing really, really well, especially if Army is a long field. Why are you not kicking that field goal? Like, I just did not understand that. Yeah. So, are you saying the analytics says that you should go for it on fourth down, even in that game situation, or in, just in general? In that game situation. Interesting. Well. So, that I believe Harbaugh mentioned that, like, in his press conference. I, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But in general, I was going to say I could, I'm pretty sure analytics might say to go for it on fourth down because I think that's just an underutilized thing in football in general. Teams don't go for it on fourth down anywhere near as much as they should. should yeah. uh, that's why I think like teams like the Pats have an advantage because they go for it on fourth down more than other teams. But I agree. I thought, I mean, I don't know the analytics, but I thought in this game situation, the game is tied at 14 14. A field goal puts you ahead in the game. It made sense to me that you should kick that field goal. Especially because, uh, I mean, our offense obviously had a lot of hiccups during the game. So, yeah, I thought we should kick the field goal there as well. But um, anyway, what are you trying to so say? So I, I was just pulling up uh, one of our really good friends, John Yunchai. Q, shout out to Q. Shout out to um, Q. I was texting him last night about this game. And yeah, he said, like, Harbaugh said that their own analytic guy said that fourth and two, said that you, they should have gone for it on those fourth and two failed attempts. But does the analytics guy know how bad we were playing on offense? I, I mean, that, yeah, I feel like sometimes you, like, you had to do, like, analytics with gut, fe- with, like, you know, gut feeling attached to it. And, like, maybe in that situation you kick the field goal. Also, like Mitch McGarry says, win the game. Yeah. Take three points. Win and the t- game. It's not like we were up, like, 24 to 14 at this point. Yeah. Where the game was tied. And, and it's the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And we can get into, Shea, like, specifically, like, Shea Patterson at the end of the game, but... It, uh, I let, let's talk about like Shea at the you know, yeah. when, when we get through the game, kind of just talk about his like. Sounds overall. good. Anyway, we're going to move it on then into overtime. And uh, one key play in particular, Kalik Hudson offsides on Army's first drive. Uh, this extended the drive for them, gave them a first down, and then clearly they punched it in for a touchdown on their first drive in overtime. So, Samir, Kalik Hudson offsides, hit the brakes okay. to keep him moving. I want to hit the brakes, but I want I want to get your opinion. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, I want you to go first. Oh, topsy-turvy, the pod. I agree. Okay. So I got some thoughts on this. Clearly, I said uh, some of my uh, high school friends, shout out to all you guys, were giving me some flack uh, last week for saying uh, I really like Jordan Glasgow. I like his speed um, in relation to Khalid Cousins' speed. So maybe we got... I'm I'm still not sure on like game-style speed, like who gets out of their cuts faster. But, I mean, this was a bad look for Khalid. I think he's a little bit slower at the fiber position compared to who he had at that position previously. And he kind of just showed it on this play. He's kind of self-conscious about his own speed that he needs to line up like not. He wasn't even he wasn't even like at the line of scrimmage. He was like pretty clearly beyond it. Yeah. And yeah, he got called for an offsides. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a really dumb play, especially from a captain, especially in overtime, especially because it gave him the touchdown on the first drive. And I mean, our offense puts our t- offense in a tough spot. Like that was just such a such a bad play, and Kalik was like tweeting today actually about how oh please vote for me for like player of the game. That. Like I had twelve tackles. Like dude, you had a re- you had like one vote arguably like the dumbest play of the game. Yeah. Like that game could have really cost us the whole game. That play. Yeah. 
And yeah, I'm not voting for you for player of the game. So I'm not as negative on Kalik as you. I think you know he's a good viper. Like captain, he's a good viper, but I'm tr- I'm like, probably coming down on him more than I actually like am. I think he's a good player, but yeah. But you know I agree with you. Like you're a captain, so he's a captain making that play. Him being offsides did not even affect the play, and it's army. Like you can't give army five free yards. Like that's the maximum whole, they'll get on an yeah, offensive play. Exactly. What are you doing? Yeah. So yeah, I mean I agree with everything you said. Just a bonehead play and you know hopefully you know it just it seems like all these mistakes like people are making excuses for but at some point it's like these things are like things that a senior team with a bunch of seniors should not be making and these aren't like and these should have been cleaned up like in spring practice and like fall camp and coming out of the game with all these fumbles just bonehead plays just uh, this is not what we were expecting for sure um yeah Disappointing play, um, right. especially given the game situation, overtime game. Uh, anyway, let's keep it moving then. Next play, or next series, is Michigan down 21-14. Uh, we have the second, the ball second in the first overtime, and Charbonnet punches, punches it in for his third touchdown of the day, 100-yard day, 33 carries, most since Mike Hart in 2007, I believe it was, mm-hmm. by a freshman. Uh Anyway, hit the brakes or keep moving. I want to hit the brakes. All right, let's Final talk about Kalik. the Chardonnay. I mean, finalist Chardonnay touchdown. Uh, I mean, he looks to be a really, really, really good back. He's solid. Um, you know, I, I can't wait for him to, like, break, like have his, like, first breakout run. That's just going to be amazing. But, yeah, 100 yards, three touchdowns, second game. Great at blitz pickups. I mean, you know, if we can get him for three years, like, uh, that's a solid position that's set. Solid position for sure. Uh, me, me and my friend Peter were joking during the game. I should make an alter ego on this Paul though, <laughs> called Galatine. <laughs> oh, uh, it's a, it's one like of our Colbert. Uh, yeah, John Rubens, one of the guys that we watched the game with. He actually uh, he bought a bottle of Chardonnay for Chardonnay. So whenever uh, oh nice, <laughs> yeah. I love that. So whenever uh, yeah, shout out to Rubens for that. But uh, whenever uh, yeah, Chardonnay would do something good, he would like take a swig of Chardonnay, <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, then. We'll switch it up. Next overtime, uh, second overtime, we get the ball first, and I really thought we were going to lose the, lose the game after this. We kick a field goal uh, with our first possession that second overtime to go up 24-21. Uh, hit the brakes or keep moving. You know, let's keep moving. We've talked about Moody. We've talked about uh, how we feel about Moody and Nordine. I think our, I think most of the fan base agrees with us on that. I agree. Nothing much to add there yeah. except then. Except a couple errant throws by Shea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so then up next is obviously the game-winning defensive possession, uh, Army fumble, Quiddy Pay fumble recovery. Mm -hmm. Michigan wins the game. Uh, Hit the brakes or keep it moving. Let's hit the brakes on this one. Okay. And I think I want to go over that play and the play before that. Because actually the play before that, Aiden Hutchinson blew up that play. He's a beast. He, I, he is going to be a beast for sure. Um, just a great hashtag play. pliability. Yeah. Thank you, Tom Brady's <laughs> yeah. camp. Just a, you know, because like if you look at that, I mean, Army was still in their like run mode at that point, and he breaks it up, I believe, for like a one or two yard loss. Now Army has to throw the ball, and then you get Quiddy Pay who who stripped it and recovered it. Like, I think that ball, like, was, like, Josh Uche was, like, trying to recover it. Like, went between his legs, and, like, Pate came, like, in between. And, like, 
recover the ball. So, yeah. You know, great play by pay. For sure. Uh, yeah, I got nothing more to add on that. It seemed like all the defensive guys who were in on that play, though, I thought they all had a good game. Like Carlo Kemp, Josh Uche, really blowing up some plays. Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, Quiddy Pay. Uh, yeah, I liked how all those guys looked in the yeah. game. So shout out to all of them. Mm-hmm. Won us the game, kept us 2-0, and avoided complete disaster in our second game. And yeah, a W is a W, a if, you're, a w. <laughs> if you're a player on Gosh. the Michigan team. That's what all of them yeah. are saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Any, any like, I got a couple like things I want to talk about before we like get into like future stuff. So, so do I. So you start. Okay. So the first thing is Shea Patterson. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> like two fumbles. He did not have any touchdowns this game. And I counted, like, I actually, there was like a 30 minute recap of like every single play that happened. And I watched, watched on like 1.5 speed before I got here. And he had four passes that I counted that should have been completed that weren't. And, and not the receiver's fault. There was one to uh, Bell, which would have been a TD. This went to Eubanks, which would have been a first town. Yeah. Nico in the end zone in overtime. Nico had his uh, defensive back beat that by was two steps. Terrible throw. And he actually, so late. He threw it so yeah, late. Yeah, and and over him. Yeah. Like, and then there was actually one to Tariq as well. Tariq dropped one as well. Yeah. But he had one to Tariq that was like, dude, these are like four passes that like you need to complete because I mean like, that changes the trajectory of the game. Like that bell, like one would have been a bell TD. Nico in the end zone would have, you know, made us feel a lot better about that second overtime. And, you know, the Eubanks and Tariq, like, you're just missing easy stuff. The other thing is, I mean, there are a lot of people on, like, Michigan Twitter who, like, post, you know, clips of the games. And it yeah. seems like Shea Patterson is not getting these own reads done right. There are, like, two or three clips where it's just, like, everyone collapsed inwards. And, like, it's like, Shea, like, you got to keep that ball. Well, that's what I want to talk about. So I think it... It's happened so much this year. It was even happening last year. Uh, but I think the, really think the only reason that that could be happening is that Shea has this injury. I mean, Shea kept it on one play. It wasn't a read, but he did hang on to the ball for one play in the second half. Right. And he limps off the field. Dylan McCaffrey has to come in mm-hmm. and didn't convert that fourth yeah. down or whatever it was. But, um, yeah, I just think he's injured. And, the, and we're telling him, all right, there is really – there is a. This is the play we've been practicing. That is a read. Yeah. However, you're not going to make the read. You're mm-hmm. always going to hand it off. And Army was just was just just attacking on Charbonnet that, yeah. on every single one of these uh, runs that we were having. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's a Shea Patterson injury. I think that's affecting him definitely in the in these reads and his ability to run. But I mean, maybe it's affecting his pass game as well because clearly that was a problem as well. The bad throw to Nico. I mean, there were several in the game. Even the dinky dunk passes that you just like throw a quick out on the outside. This, these are like how Denar Robinson threw like uh, 60, 65 percent when when Rich right. was the coach. Like these are easy throws, mm-hmm. and he even missed uh, those yeah. as well yesterday. Yeah. So um, I mean, yeah, I I think that's that's the biggest thing I want to see. Like I want to see like Shea. Like, thank God we had this bye week heading to Wisconsin. Thank God. Because I think Shea needs to clean some of that stuff up. And the other thing I want to say is, like, if Shea's injured, like, running a run-pass option where, like, the quarterback keeping the ball is, like, a legitimate threat, You and if, if he's injured, like, Shea's a better quarterback than Dylan McCaffrey. But if he's injured and can't, like, be part, like, can't Maybe. contribute to that whole offense, I think you put Dylan in. Because, like, 
someone, one of the Michigan beat writers was like, maybe this signifies that like Dylan isn't ready. It's like, well, like they wouldn't like be randomly substituting Dylan in on plays if he wasn't ready. They would like call those timeouts, like let Shea like rest or to do whatever he needs. Yeah. To do. I think that's part of the reason why Dylan is seeing the field so much. And Harbaugh even said this and in, sorry, uh, Urban Meyer even said this in that analysis video. Uh, if Dylan McCaffrey is one of the 11 best players on offense, then they're going to try to get him on the field no matter what these packages are. So, yeah, I don't think it's a knock on Dylan. I think it's just more so that game experience matters, and Shea clearly has a lot of game experience. That's why the coaches are leaning on him. But, yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see if Shea ever gets pulled mm-hmm. because clearly the coaching staff, even despite his uh, his fumbles, and his limited running ability are sticking with him. So yeah. Okay. One question. I okay. Go ahead. Why don't you? That's like the main thing I want to talk about. Like recap wise, I got one question for you. Go for it. Okay. So we have three three legitimately good players slated to hopefully come back for the Wisconsin game. We got DPJ, John Runyon, and Michael Dwanfor. Who do you think is the most important out of those three for Michigan? I think it's John Runyon yeah. against Wisconsin. I really think it's John Runyon. I so. One of the best players, I think, on our team is DPJ. Right. I'm so high on DPJ. I just think the difference between DPJ and another receiver on the team who can maybe do DPJ things is smaller than the difference between mm-hmm. Runyon and Hayes. Runyon at the left tackle is just way better right. than our current I starter. I think he was like first team all Big Ten preseason. And we just had like one the Shays first fumble was a clear botch by our left tackle. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just think the drop-off from Runyon is way bigger yeah. than the drop-off from DPJ mm-hmm. to the other wide receivers yeah. are playing. So I'd say Runyon, it's, especially against Wisconsin. Yeah, it's funny because I think talent-wise, I'd have DPJ number one, Dwayne for two, and Runyon three. Yeah, maybe. But in terms of like needing them, I'd completely flip it. <laughs> I'd say we need Runyon one, Dwayne for two, Interesting. DPJ three. I might go. I might go DPJ two. Just because, yeah, our offense isn't moving the ball, so I think maybe having him on the outside would add another weapon. But we are playing Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan True. Taylor? Yeah, on, yeah, Jonathan yeah. Taylor. Yeah. On two weeks from now, so who I looks mean, like Saquon number who, two? Yeah, I. You know, part of me thinks that Wisconsin's like giving him a lot of the touchdowns, like Pat has stats, like Heisman stuff, but but still, those stats are just insane. All right. So one thing I quickly want to ask you, I guess it's just. How phased are you at this point? Like, how nervous were you during this overtime game? Like, in particular, when we were down seven in the first overtime or when we, when we only got three on our first drive in the second overtime? I just want to know, like, how phased are you? Were you super invested? Were you super nervous? Or were you just like, whatever, I don't even really care if we lose this game? So, uh, at the end of – like, when – I think when uh, Levert got that pick – I think that's when I was like, okay, I think we're going to be fine because that would have really pushed us over the edge and now we got the momentum back. That yeah. field goal at the end of overtime, I really didn't think that they were going to make. Yeah. That 55-yarder, the guy never kicked before. And he then got close, though. He did get close. I don't know. They were like, it was short and it was wide, but it was close. It, so it was short. Like, it was I think short. people were like, oh, he had the leg. It's like it, he did not have he did the not. leg. No. Um, the other thing was – there were some people were saying like maybe Mike Dana got a hand on it. I like tried to look and I didn't see that, so I don't know if that's true. But if he did, great job. But it was a solid attempt for yeah. his first attempt. So I I really didn't think he was gonna make that. Um, and then I think it kind of came down to like I think we would like if Khalid hadn't made that bonehead play, I think we would have stopped them 
even in the first uh, I think so, set yeah. of downs I think as so. well. So it's just like, you know, maybe like in my mind, the defense was just on heightened alert. So when Moody, I think I was most nervous when Moody was lining up for that kick just because it was like three terrible throws by Shea. It's like, well, now you're at the 25. You're kicking from like <laughs> the furthest away you could in overtime given that you threw three bonehead passes. So when he kicked that field goal, I was like, okay, I think we're going to be fine. And like we were, but interesting. Like, so you weren't really nervous. I, I, when, before that pick, I legitimately thought we were going to lose that game. I was like, well, I guess it's a non-conference game. So it's not the end of the world, but man. Yeah. Like, I think heading into, when we got into overtime, I was pretty confident at that point. Yeah. I, I'm just curious on, on how phased we become, um, and how phased you become. Uh, clearly, I, I, we, I think we both jumped on the optimism train in the offseason. Yeah. We both predicted 11 wins for Michigan this year. But yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I was a little, I was getting nervous and I was getting upset, definitely in the overtimes. But uh, I think I was less nervous and less upset than I would have been in years past. So I think I am becoming a little bit jaded, is all, all I'm yeah. saying. But, and uh, it, it, it kind of sucks that we start off our Big Ten slate with like, Wisconsin. It would have been nice to like enter with like Rutgers. Yeah, you know? can't have it all. But I mean, at least we didn't start against Notre Dame this year because yeah, I'm pretty true. sure we would have lost that this yeah. year for mm-hmm. sure. All right. So we got a few real talk or overreactions. These are some hot ones. Okay. Michigan football has given us a lot of spice so far this season, not in the best way. And so here are our real talk or overreactions. So first one. So we're, I just said it. Michigan. So Samir and I both picked Michigan to win 11 games this year. So I'm Dumbing that down a little bit, given how our performance, particularly in this last game. So, real talk or overreaction, Michigan will win 10 wins or more this season. What do you think? I'm going to say, I'm still going to say real talk. Okay. Uh, I, my big things, like, so Wisconsin and Penn State were the two teams where, like, okay, what's going to happen there? Because those are two teams on the road. Yeah. Um, and they're both starting first-year quarterbacks who Penn State's quarterback hasn't looked great. Especially he hasn't looked bad. He hasn't looked bad. But, man, Wisconsin's quarterback looks great. But at the same point, both of them have played pretty bad teams. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what happens. The game against Wisconsin, which I think we're both going to, that's an early game. So I think not playing those games at night is going to help Michigan – and giving this week off will help Michigan against Wisconsin. And I, I just still think Michigan's going to win both those games. I don't know. I'm still on the optimism train. I mean, what? I don't want to be pessimistic. So <laughs> I'm just going to pick them to win. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm actually going to say overreaction as much as that sucks. Uh, I That's now, I, after watching Ohio State a couple games, I, I think we're going to lose that game. I think they're just a better team than us again this year. Uh, and... And then, so we basically, we have to win. We can only lose one more game, and I don't think that's going to happen. If we're, lo- if we're keeping it competitive against teams like Army, given these service academies, they do, they do give you a run yeah. for your money. That doesn't, didn't surprise me completely. But, yeah, I, I, I'm actually going to take under on the 10 wins. Right. And to be fair, last year, Oklahoma and Army did go to overtime. But, I mean, we looked really bad. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how Michigan fans just like hang on to these random yeah. tidbits of we, <laughs> optimism I mean, just to prove that we might make the playoff this year. It's like such I, a strange I, thing. I mean, I, I said we're going to go 11 and 1 and lose to Ohio State. I don't think we make the playoffs, though. Like, yeah. I, I think 
the SEC looks really good. I think they're going to get two teams in. Um, yeah. Texas just It's lost. early. It's uh, early. But, yeah, I mean, I still think Ohio State just has – I don't know how it's going yeah, to we'll do playoff breakdowns when the season goes on. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right ahead. So this is going to be our second Real Talk or Overreaction and the last one. So Real Talk or Overreaction, this is basically uh, leading in right into the rap outro. I'll just go ahead and introduce the rap outro song. We're going to do uh, Hip Hop Save My Life by Lupe Fiasco. You're wondering why that's the song. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> But uh, there's a sample in there, uh, Stack That Cheese. And I thought that was pretty fitting when we play Wisconsin. So anyway, well, during the rap outro, we'll do the last Real Talk overreaction. Here we go. Michigan will beat Wisconsin. I want to say Real Talk. Boom. Because I predicted it at the start of the season. Boom. I'm not changing my mind. All right. If you want to go with that as your reason, I'm going to say it's an overreaction. Because if I'm sticking with my pick in the preseason, I picked Michigan to lose this game. And now after the last season, or after the last game against Army, yeah, I think we're going to lose that game. I think I think we're going to lose next game. But honestly, I won't be that upset about it now that I'm expecting it. It's a it's a reality. It's a happiness equals reality minus expectations formula. Setting my expectations low, we might lose that game. We still got a lot of season ahead of us. But a lot of season ahead of us. Anyway, yeah, I think we're going to lose. And I mean, I think we got a lot of good games in the schedule. It looks like Maryland's going to be a good game. Obviously, we got Penn State and Notre Dame. So, we got a lot of good games. Michigan State played really well against uh, Western Michigan. So, um, going to be a tough road ahead for Michigan, but it should be at least fun watching. For sure. Yeah. Uh, do you want to? Okay. <laughs> so, Sean and I are both in the medical field. Sean's a second-year resident. I'm a fourth-year medical student. And one thing I want to get off my chest is this last week, Hugh Freeze was oh my he was coaching liberty from like a hospital bed and yeah it was a hot like quote unquote hospital bed but i'm calling it bs on this okay <laughs> there was no iv pole he was not getting fluids no monitors on him there's no nurse checking his vitals there's no awkward med student walking in like asking him like all the wrong questions there's no rounds like come on that was, that was just a bed that he was laying in Clearly shows that Hugh Freeze is just like a lazy coach. Like he clearly could have coached that game from like a seat. So I've got nothing. Yes, <laughs> I've got nothing to add on this because I have no knowledge of this previously. But I do love that Samir in the medical field is calling Hugh Freeze out. Yeah, he's calling <laughs> you out, Hugh Freeze. I mean, you're right. I mean, what is the benefit except relaxation if? None of those things are happening, particularly the importance of the medical student asking the awkward questions. That's yeah, vital. I mean, I do that. I, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and end the pod right there. Episode three in the books. Uh, I think we're going to take a hiatus next week yeah, before the Wisconsin week, game. Yeah. Uh, but then we'll hit you up with the reaction pod after the Wisconsin game. Obviously, I'm rooting for us to win yeah. the game despite us picking, picking us to lose. Uh, anyway, we'll go ahead and end the pod right there. Peace out. Go blue. Go blue. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yep.